Before we start, we'd like to leave you a quick message on the machine to say that this episode contains coarse language and adult-only content. Hi, you've called Age. And Mitch. And this is Message on the Machine. Gritty conversations by smooth operators. You know what to do. Pop the zits. <laughs> Pop the zits. Sometimes Check. you just throw me a real curveball straight off the bat. Pop the zits. Check your braces. Yeah. That weird dark hair where you didn't think it should be. That's pubic hair he's talking about, kids. And that is where we're at today. (laughs) We are talking puberty blues. Welcome back, ladies and gentlemen, to... Growing Pains. Puberty blues. The time in your life that is the hardest for most, but none more so, I would say, almost, than the queers. What a beautiful intro. The queers TM. Welcome back, ladies and gentlemen, to another episode of Message on the Machine. My name is H. And I'm Mitch. And as my beautiful colleague here just... Stop flirty. ...proclaimed, we are here today to discuss teenage... Things. Tri- tribulations. Yeah, trials and tribulations. Of teenage life. And, you know, we've all been there. Yep. Some of you might be going through it now if you're listening. Yep. Well, me. <laughs> Well, that's right. <laughs> no, so this week we have a guest in the studio, Mr. Adrian Murdoch, who is actually representative from the LGBTQA plus charity or organisation Minus 18. Mm. But before we get into it, um, we would just like to give a bit of a trigger warning to everyone, just to say that we do touch on, you know, some topics around like mental health, depression, anxiety, suicide, and, you know, just sort of that whole realm, realm, which is a big part of growing up and especially with the work that Minus 18 do, um, you know, it is something that is prevalent in this episode. Prevalent, is that the right word? Yes, you're making it sound very fun. (laughs) Sorry. (laughs) But everyone can't wait to just keep listening. But aside from that, we also discuss things like the amazing work that the organisation does with events and things like that in the queer community. Mm. Uh, We also touch a little bit on, you know, the usuals, such as my age. (laughs) My age. And your age. Yeah. I think um, just the other quick thing that we wanted to mention before we launch into the main event is that there are a lot of words that are used in this episode that maybe you haven't heard of before, maybe you don't know exactly what it means, and that's fine. We don't judge. Correct. Much. No. And there is, luckily, on the Minus 18 website, a glossary that you can refer to either now or just throughout your long and hopefully joyous life to find out what said things may be and such. That's right. There definitely was a lot of information passed onto us in this episode. My brain's very full, and I will say that Adrian is very educated in what he talks about and um, very passionate about the work that he does. So um, strap in because it is a very informative app and you're definitely bound to learn something. Having a full brain must be a weird concept for you. It's new. Yeah. Yeah. Unusual. Yeah. (laughs) Shut up. On that note, shall we bring Adrian in? Yeah, let's bring him in. 
Alrighty, well, welcome to the studio, Adrian Murdoch. Yes. I know I've ended up somehow with two Adrians in the one place this week. How do you feel? Like I'm in an Adrian sandwich. Yeah, I know that you like it. <laughs> Thrilled and excited, yeah. Now, I have to ask, any relation to the Murdoch no. clan? No, that's a hard fast, no. Okay. Stop. <laughs> right. Have you yeah. been asked that a few times in your life? Many times, yeah, okay. many times. Well, thank you so much for joining us today. We are super excited to have you here. We know that um, we're going to be able to have a really in-depth conversation, I think, about some Yep, topics. it's going to kill me. Yep, right <laughs> up your alley. <laughs> about some stuff today that obviously we found, have found in our journey as queer men that we think other queer people and even, you know, even straight listeners of, of the show we might be able to relate to in terms of... Uh, mental health in the queer space and sort of growing up as a teen, um, you know, and facing the sort of challenges that are out there for people of the LGBTQA plus community. Did I, get all, did I get all of them? Yeah, yeah, for sure. <laughs> I love how, you know, there's someone else in the room, so you're doubting yourself. Yeah, <laughs> I was like... Please make sure I get them right. <laughs> Did I do it right, Mr. Murdoch? Uh, <laughs> Mr. Murdoch. It's kind of hot. Um, so before we jump into, you know, just everything, who you are, blah, 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 signature yes. question of the show, can you please tell us what the last thing that you Googled was? Yes. So I had to check, but the, the last thing I looked up was looking into, like, Marvel films because I've been backtracking. I never watched them originally, like Avengers and any of that. Oh, you're yep. going back now and Yeah, watching now them. I'm watching them because I watched WandaVision and I ate it up. Okay, right. And so now I Google to see, like, when's, like, they're going to be a WandaVision movie. Uh-huh, which uh-huh. there isn't, like, on the cards yet, but was obsessed, loved it, and now I'm, like, watching all the films that I never watched. What's the original Marvel? Like, what's the one that started their whole Iron bullshit? Man, right? Iron Man, yeah. Yeah. My okay. Googling told me that. So yeah, I just 2008. <laughs> I was going to say, yeah. Mitch is a oh, cinema wait. buff. Yeah, cinephile, but... Going back and watching all of the Marvel films is an enormous undertaking. Well, and, like, there were so many gaps. Like, I watched some, like, I saw Black Panther and I saw um, Captain Marvel, but I hadn't seen so many. And so now I'm, like, watching them. I'm, like, these are great. Mm. Like, Yeah, they actually are. I actually have a bit of a thing for Spider-Man, I won't lie. Tom Tom Holland. Holland. No. We're both like, come on! (laughs) (laughs) No, like, Spider-Man the character. Yeah. I don't really care who plays it. Tobey Maguire, like, doesn't, you know, bother me. Yeah. But, like... It works for you. Well, I mean, I just, the options have been Tom Holland, Tobey Maguire, Andrew Garfield. I think like, it's something about the character. Like, he's not necessarily the big... Like, he's almost could be gay, you know? He's the little, like, bit of a wimp. He just kind of jumps around. Well, the yeah. lycra, for sure. It's very tight. And just, like, imagine being able to web everything. <laughs> anyway. Just <laughs> anyway. My inner Back geek coming out. Well, tell me, Adrian, what was the last thing that you Googled? That's a great question. The last thing I Googled was a... I don't even know if I want to reveal it on the show, actually, because it's going to be a bit of a surprise, but I've got a dress-up party. Well, we have a dress-up party coming oh. up okay. uh, in a few weeks, and the theme is Gay Lactic Circus. It's... A galaxy far, far away is the name of the Okay, event. I've been telling everyone it's gay lactic. <laughs> Both names obviously still work, but anyway. Yeah. Um, and so I'm going as a particular something, and I can't reveal what it is, but I was looking up elements of my costume, which, you know, obviously I take dress up very seriously. Yeah, right. yeah. That was a terrible Google. <laughs> You've given us no information. It's a wig. <laughs> oh, okay, that's fine. It's a wig, but I'm not going to reveal but a which particular wig. wig. Yeah. yeah, right. Cool. Yeah, watch this space. 
I have two events on that night. One is um, a Galaxy Far Far Galactic. Yep. Slash Galactic. Yeah. yeah. And the other one is um, Neon. So oh, I'm going to have to merge the two. Go as a Neon alien. Perfect. <laughs> yeah. I'm excited. At least they can actually go together. Well, I know. It's not like black tie. And <laughs> well, I was thinking, imagine if it was like Galaxy and like Denim. Yeah, or something like hard. that, that could be, be really fashion forward. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> it could be a moment. <laughs> yeah, um, true. What was the last thing you googled? Um, the last thing I googled was another word for bird watcher. Um, a bird scouter. It's called a twitcher. Oh, okay. I was just in the office earlier, like literally half an hour ago. Twitching, <laughs> just just watching, trying birds. to think of the word, and I was like, <laughs> I'm just gonna Google it. So was I it work related? Like, who the fuck thinks of that? No. Just want, just curious. What do you think I'm doing work at work? <laughs> just curious. Yeah, nah. It was just a okay. Just a conversation, water cooler, you know. Mm. Just came up. Some look up. Yeah. Twitching and some look up wigs. <laughs> Very different. <laughs> well, let's throw back to Adrian because he's obviously the man of the hour. Mm. I don't know how I feel about saying my own name. Can I just say? <laughs> and then, and when Mitch says Adrian. I think you're going to have to glance. I think we'll definitely do the age because that's obviously me. (laughs) (laughs) He's like, no. Um, So, Adrian, we'll throw to you. Mm -hmm. Who the bloody hell are you? What the bloody hell do you do? Mm -hmm. (laughs) So my name is Adrian. Yes. I I use he, they pronouns and I work at Minus 18. So Mm -hmm. Minus 18 is Australia's largest charity for LGBTQA plus young people. So... Queer, gay, lesbian, trans, intersex, questioning, asexual, the whole, the whole brevity whole of the community. Yeah. And so we do events, we do workshops, we do campaigns, um, primarily for queer young people who are 12 to 19. So I think for the most part, people know us for events like Queer Formal, mm-hmm. where you can bring mm-hmm. a same-sex partner, you can dress how you like, you can meet other queer young people. It's a real spin on a school formal, which a lot of the time you can't bring a same-sex partner or you yeah. can't wear what you want to. So we want to make it the most inclusive environment where, you know, you feel celebrated and affirmed and, you know, yeah. have an awesome time. And it is awesome. We've actually plugged Queer Formal, haven't we? Spoken about it, yes, on the show yeah. prior. I think we were having a discussion around our own formals in high school and whether that was an option. I want to say it's finding your gaze potentially Maybe. is the yeah. episode. Just Great app, go watch, yeah. listen. <laughs> Plugging ourselves as we love to do. Um, so, yes, we are across across that. Well, I actually wasn't. Mitch was the one who brought it to our yeah. attention. But, um, yeah, so that's amazing. So, I mean, I, there's a couple things in there that I just want to unpack straight off the bat. For sure. We probably will get to it later in the app in more detail, but in your intro there, you did say, I'm Adrian and I use he, him pronouns. He, they. He, he they. Uh, he, they. Sorry. Pay attention, please. Sorry. <laughs> I've got headphones on. I can't hear very well. Uh, is that something that, like, in your industry that is common to obviously introduce yourself in that way or yeah for sure every time i think for for us and like in the lgbtqa plus community absolutely you know i think it it's a great way to extend that as a formality i guess to sort of like communicate your own like identity but also to invite and make it safe to say that you know going around the room you know others might say want to clarify if they use pronouns that you know you you might not have assumed so they might use they them 
yep. pronouns they might use he them she you know whatever it might be representative of their identity mm-hmm. i think it's really important for us to kind of like make that space where we can it kind of invites it in mm. yeah um, and i think for a lot of the schools and workplaces and communities that we work with we're trying to like lead by example with that mm. and i think it comes through in a lot of different ways be it in a formality like that or putting it in your email or wearing a pronoun badge i think it's just it helps to um, make it less of this like moment. I think yeah. you know, I can totally empathize when people might feel like I'm going to say the wrong thing. Like yeah. I don't want to ask someone their pronouns. Is it rude? You know, sort of things. And I can totally understand that. So I think it's a great way to sort of reframe it that it's not you being invasive. It's a great way to kind of mm. be inclusive. Mm. Well, it's been like a big conversation, obviously, I think in the last couple of years, more than ever before. Mm. And now, you know, LinkedIn is, encouraging pronouns in your name and Instagram followed suit. And Mm. I guess like a a couple of short years ago, there wasn't really much conversation around that at all. Mm -hmm. Did you find navigating your own pronouns at that time difficult or uh, like, how was that for you? Yeah. Great question. I think for me, it's, it's actually probably been a big part of my work at minus 18 that sort of helped me to sort of frame that. I think my, identity in terms of sort of uh, self-identifying as being queer you Mm -hmm. know both in like sexuality and gender identity that's always worked well for me I Mm -hmm. don't see myself as this sort of cis male that I grew up seeing and you know there's a lot to that that I can't see myself reflected in and so I think in the you know four nearly five years that I've been at minus 18 and working within the LGBTQA plus community I've learned to sort of like understand and accept that. And I think it was a big part of accepting myself that made me say, hey, look, I think that he and they pronouns work because it reflects to me, you know, that identity and that part of me. Mm -hmm. And I honestly have learned so much from that from young people and how much they claim, you know, their identity in that way. It's comforting that we're giving them our world because they know much more than we do a lot of the time. Absolutely. I remember like... My brother is seven years younger than me, which is not considerable amount in terms of like sibling world, but like there's a gap mm-hmm. and we grew up in different gens in the sense that like, you know, just little things like he started high school, I left, like we were never sort of in this a similar chapter. And I remember um, when I came out to him, I was only like 21 and so he would have been quick math. 14. Yep, thank you. Oh, thank God you're here. Mr. Murdoch <laughs> with the brains. Uh, so a guy who does math. <laughs> uh, like, and I remember like telling him and he just looked at me like, yeah, so what? And he was like, I really hope one day you can get married. And I was like, okay, progressive, but I'll take it. Like, yeah. really, like kind of like I didn't expect him. And he had all of this information and, you know, was telling me like, yeah, I've got heaps of, um, you know, gay friends at school and like, you know, it's really unfair that you guys, because at the time marriage was still not an option. Mm-hmm. And, you know, like he, their whole, his whole outlook was very different to the generation that I grew up in for sure. So mm. yeah, they've definitely got a bit more uh, education. I yeah. think an access, access to like the internet. Thank you. In, yeah. The internet's like the, a huge shift. I think when you, you talk about your generation and their generation, I mm-hmm. feel like, you know, we're on that tail end, you know, depending where you sit in twenties. Yeah. yeah. But I think to Early. have, yeah, have that. <laughs> late. <laughs> 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 Very late. <laughs> yeah. 
that like to be able to Google questions and see more media where there's like diverse mm. representation, you know, that it's not just sort of like the token gay friend. It's not mm. just yep. Will and Grace. It's mm. not just, you know, now just that there's, <laughs> there's like, you know, like shows from everything from Riverdale to Love Victor where there's mm. like that real diverse experience um, told in those stories. And I think the fact that young people then can, you know, Google that and like, you know, even like minus 18 grew to such prominence because of our presence online. Mm-hmm. We have like articles written by queer young people for queer young people. Mm-hmm. And like, you know, going back like 15 years ago, that was, it was nowhere to be found. It like, it was like a Tumblr subculture. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, you know, that really expanded, I guess, our breadth of people being like, oh, I know minus 18 for that because that's how I found out about, you know, pansexuality or trans and non-binary. And I think, yeah, that young people just sort of have that thirst for knowledge mm-hmm. without even knowing because mm-hmm. it's just like at their fingertips. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But it's so good. So good. Yeah. So good. So we're talking about minus 18, obviously we'll, we will be a fair bit today, um, which is where you work. Can yes. you tell us what you do there specifically? For sure. So I'm our lead on partnerships and campaigns. So I work with partners from community organizations to um, corporates and sponsors. So mm-hmm. Um, we mentioned that event Queer Formal, which is an event for 500 queer young people and to make it accessible, it's free. So to make sure that like no queer young person, you know, who can't maybe ask their parents to pay for a ticket or yeah. you know, live out in the deep burbs they grew up in Werribee, like, you know, yeah. to pay for a $60 ticket, you might not fly with your parents. So it's free. Yeah. Um, so to get that done, we work with sponsors like Bonds and Converse and Key Sunglasses where... They'll help to um, subsidize the costs, do yeah. acute fun activations like yeah. patches or a photo booth. Yeah. Um, so that's a big part of my role because mm-hmm. we do Queer Formal in Melbourne, Sydney and Adelaide, mm-hmm. plus then a myriad of other events throughout the year. Yeah, I think I saw Converse recently did something. We, yeah. yeah. So we, we work with a lot of our partners throughout the year mm-hmm. as well because we don't want it to be like a Mardi Gras moment or a yep. Pride Month moment, right? You know, that it's got so much more impact and value when it cuts through another point of the year. And, yep. you know, our partners are so great in that aspect. They'll activate for a day like um, We're at Purple, which is coming up. So last year, Converse partnered with Minus 18 to make little um, purple patches that you can chuck on your Converse shoes or like on a tee. Yeah, cool. And like, you know, what that meant that a store was activating for that day catapults it into like the mainstream right it's Mm. something that schools know and like some workplaces do or like you do a little morning tea (laughs) but for like a brand like that that queer young people and just young people in general engage with sort of like oh we're at purple is like a thing yeah and you know start to learn and have that opportunity to talk more yeah Yeah. adds a bit of um weight to the to the cause yeah absolutely so i guess going a bit deeper into minus 18 as an organization Mm -hmm. stripping it back what would you say is you know, what exactly do you, they do and what sort of services do they provide? Good question. It's it's tricky because it's really those three different areas that, you know, basically could be um, organisations with themselves. So, like, mm-hmm. the youth events and, like, youth programming. So, um, making events that are free for young people who are 12 to 19, mm-hmm. queer and allies and their friends. Um, we have a um, LGBTQA plus young leaders program, which is for queer young people 18 to 25 who support that as well. So, that's, like one one part and then workshops and education so delivering um sexuality and gender identity inclusion into workplaces schools um there's Mm -hmm. like extra modules on top of that then going deeper into like trans inclusion opening up those spaces to ask questions and have conversations 
and then campaigns so driving um days of significance like wear it purple day and yeah. idaho on may 17th and trans awareness week in november mm-hmm. so all three kind of happen you know throughout yeah, the year a lot of balls in the air isn't yeah. It? yeah and like you know for, like you know for some of us you know we're kind of like like work across all three so you're just sort of you're juggling 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 but mm-hmm you know we're so passionate about it right it's so Mm. hard not to be we're all from community so i think you know we look at any of it and our motivation is in spades because we know what it's like being that queer young person at that event we know what it's like working at that workplace who could have activated we know what it's like to be at that school that could have used a workshop and visibility so we've got all the drive in the world for it yeah it's funny like we've definitely found that when you can actually like vouch for it yourself because you mm. get it everything seems to work a lot better like or you just seem to get a great result like and the passion is just naturally there like we've found on this show you know if we ever talk about something that's you know directly related to being gay mm-hmm. we just have so much more depth and like you know we're able to really get our message out there a lot better because we've lived it yeah um, and you know, when we talk about things like how to be beautiful, <laughs> we really miss the mark. Um, I didn't say really, that was a great episode. <laughs> refer back, how to be pretty, <laughs> plug number two. So what was your experience like, I guess, um, you know, pre young Adrian, yeah. um, going through it as we all did at one point, we kind of do like to ask every queer guest that we have on the show, mm-hmm. um, how their journey has been. Because I think that everyone has, you know, something very unique, but also quite universal to say. Yeah, absolutely. I think, uh, as, it's, as you say, it's all very unique, right? And I think it's just on that such an interesting reflection. And I think, Age, you were saying how these sort of conversations are great for not only members within community, because there's always that kind of moment of, like, realisation where someone might talk about something and be like, ah. Oh, I had that moment or like mm. I never thought of that yeah. being the I'm barrier that it was. Yeah. yeah. But also for allies as well to mm. understand that exactly as you said, Mitch, that it's like every story is different. And sometimes it can be hard for people to accept that, that it's like there isn't like a nuanced way for every, you know, for coming out. Like, mm. unfortunately, there isn't like 10 tips, Yeah, you know, that here you go, oh, done. If only. If yeah. only mm. that, you know, you could give to parents that it's not because, you know, it's different context of like you could be, queer living in a regional rural community, you could be queer and a person of faith, you could be culturally and linguistically diverse. So it's like, you know, those different intersections make it so much more different to mm. gay white boy growing up Absolutely. in the burbs. Yeah. Um, yes. My my experience was very that, mm-hmm. the latter, gay white boy growing up in the burbs. Yeah. Amen. Yeah. yeah. Just like, I think for me, it was... The challenge was the visibility of um, anything LGBTQA plus, like in high school. Like uh, I went to a public school, huge school, 1300 like cohort that I think, you know, we never had like a rainbow day. There was never anything posters, like nothing discussed in our classes about it. That it just made it feel really taboo. Mm. And like, I think for me, I was very resistant up until maybe I was like 15, 16. And I was just sort of like, you know what? It's done. Like, I think part of me was sort of like internalizing it. And I sort of like, I knew, I knew the path I was going down, but coming out was still going to be, I think, you know, years ahead. And it was mm-hmm. just because at that stage, I was just like, I don't even know how anyone will respond. I don't know how like my friends or family, yeah. you know, and I don't see anything in media that makes me feel good about, leaning into it and mm-hmm. accepting that part of me 
And so it was something that took till after those teenage years to sort of like really start to unpack. Mm. Um, and it started with like um, friends and then like, you know, workplace working in retail. Like working in oh, retail is just One of like, the safest spaces yeah. around. I'm like, I can be a little bit fashionable today and no yeah. one judge me because I'm in retail. It's for sales. Absolutely. <laughs> You're like... Got my Pandora charms on. Got my ball gown, pink ball gown. <laughs> I'm allowed to wear this today. Yeah, it's just like... And you just meet different, you know, you meet like people, managers and, you know, uh, they're like uh, regional managers, you know, yeah. who kind of like come in and they're very out, very proud. And you're mm. sort of like, wow, like mm. I did not know that was an option to mm. not like hate myself. Yeah. So yay. <laughs> hey, you look happy. Yeah. How did you get there? Yeah. yeah like what's explain. the step in between? <laughs> yeah. But I think, you know, the, the last people I came out to was my family, which is, yeah. you know, just very backwards. Cause it's sort of like, you know, it didn't get back there. Very much established I think the mm-hmm. way that they found out was that like I, I had a boyfriend mm-hmm. that was sort of like how we oh, they were like you. okay oh, that must be nice yeah, <laughs> just, it was just sort of like okay here's the only way that I can I couldn't bring myself to be like to say like yeah. I'm gay like that I just couldn't verbalize and mm. it wasn't literally until the end of that relationship like nine months later that I actually spoke about coming out to my mum in that sense like mm. I, I went up to her and I was just like we broke up and I was like <laughs> it was oh, dramatic yeah, yeah. It's then, not a phase mom yeah and just like that was you know the the space where if, if I think already being vulnerable that I was just yeah. like you know, yeah like, I'm sorry like I never told you mm. in the first place we've talked a lot on this show about how saying gay Literally. Is the word that is just the hardest thing to, like, it's, choke out it's yeah. like in it that time. It gets stuck. I remember, yeah, exactly. All the I, first people I told, I was like, oh, I'm into boys. Or, like, I'm not yeah. straight. Or, I said, I'm questioning my sexuality. Yeah, just yeah. avoid avoid saying gay at all costs. Yeah, I couldn't for so long. This like, I'm breath and then lower tempo. Yeah. <laughs> like, gay. whispered. Yeah. It's hard. I think it just carried... You know, so much internalized pressure mm. and stigma, mm-hmm. you know, that you put onto it. That it, it it's the label. It's the f- official, like, big slap on the, you know, the box. Like, yeah, yeah that's what it is. Label that. Yep. Rainbow I th- certified. I yeah. think something, you know, when we were talking about, like, queer young people and just sort of how um, the access that they have and, the, you know, the, their ability to sort of connect with different terms and ideas. I, something that I've learned working at Minus 18 from them is how much they resonate with identities like pansexuality, bisexuality, and being Mm non-binary. Because those terms, right, don't put you in a box. And, you know, it took me so long to then realize, looking at that and seeing like, you know, know, 50% of our young people, I was like, this is like wild. But I think in their teen years, coming out as gay was sort of this, was still like this binary, right? That it's like, it's I'm not straight, I'm gay. And it's like, you never go back. It's mm. just like, you're just painted as that forever. And mm-hmm. that's what I really felt. Yep. And I think for, you know, queer young people who are sort of trying to figure it out, it's sort of like it's so much pressure to sort of like, no, mm. saying and, and you know, um, having a term like pansexuality or non-binary sort of says you've got that space and that might stay forever. Or you might grow into saying like, hey, I'm a proud lesbian or I'm trans, you know, mm-hmm. that I, mm-hmm. I don't... Um, my, my sex and gender don't don't align in that way that I think it's brilliant mm. because mm. it's sort of like, yes, you should have that time. Mm, like 100%. you shouldn't have to be like, you know, yes, I'm this. And then it's sort of like, 
you know, you're now like the gay cousin. Yeah, yeah, yeah the gay, which gay I was. School. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. <laughs> but yeah, you're right. Like, I mean, I, I'm glad that I have that word gay to be able to help me define and establish and identify who I am. But that's because that word actually sits well with me and I mm. understand it. So, like, I guess in the flip to that, if that's not sitting well with someone mm. or, you know, a, a young person who is working it out and they're not resonating with that, then, well, then what other options? Like, now that they've, you know, as you said, there are those things there to fall back on or, or to, you know, help them identify with is, is great. So I wonder, though, when you were just a young wee tot, if you had had, well, you know, it. those words to use as just a, this is my resting ground for now, mm. I'm pansexual, mm. to then later commit to being gay, if that would have been an easier journey for you to... Well, I'm going to unpack myself, as I love to do on this show, and I know for a fact that I love being in control. Yeah. And I love, like, knowing what's going on, so the labelling for me would mentally be helping me understand and under who I am and establish that identity because it gives me a definition. Mm-hmm. So, like... The fluid fluidity is that mm. a word? Yeah, it is. Great, look at me. Uh, of <laughs> like, of you know, like not having the definition or being you know non-binary or something like that might not necessarily sit well with someone with my personality because I'm like yeah. I need to know. I would like to know. Yeah, you're yeah. Put, label it. Put yourself in a box and yeah. tick it off. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Move on to the yeah. next. Yeah. Cool. Great. So I guess moving forward, something that we want to get into today and discuss, which is sort of half the reason that you're here mm-hmm. obviously minus 18 does a lot of work with uh these the age bracket as you mentioned of 12 to 19 19 thank mm-hmm. you we want to discuss a little bit more around concerns and challenges that teenage youth mm-hmm. face um particularly of you know straight or queer but i guess in particular in this situation queer and fuck the straights we'll talk about them another time no they can have their own episode <laughs> uh, they need it yeah. <laughs> We want to talk a little bit about, you know, why mental health challenges or um, mental ill health, I should say, are prevalent in our community. Mm -hmm. So I guess I'd throw to you, you know, like what things do you guys see in your industry and sort of, you know, what with all your research, I guess, as an (laughs) organisation, what can you sort of put it down to? You know, what, what do you guys see on the daily yeah, for sure. So for like minus 18, you know, our um, our research, I think, relies a lot in the reporting that we do. So every event that we do, we do evaluation where we ask our young people how they're feeling and, you know, their, their sense of well-being and the, the change that those events make in the sense of like affirmation of identity. And, you know, did you make a um, connection with someone else? Mm-hmm. But there has been a few times where we've done um, larger reports in the sense of... Um, one really big event that we did was a two-day um, Queer Ideas Festival at Federation Square. God, um, that sounds so fun. It was awesome. It was super cool. Um, we did it at um, Deacon's Edge. We had 120 LGBTQA plus young people from all across Victoria. Our goal was to really have those different um, representations of lived experience from our community because it's so diverse. You know, a word that um, we use a lot and I use a lot is like those intersectional experiences. So a young gay boy who's also a person of colour, you know, someone Mm -hmm. who's trans and First Nations, someone who is non-binary and living in a regional rural community. It's so important to understand those lived experiences because we learn so much. Mm -hmm. You know, it's like that person who, you know, 
has to sort of um, navigate, you know, the fact that they have less access in a regional rural community or their parents are less accepting because culturally that's just like the norm. And so when you invite that in and can kind of learn from that, it, it means so much and it gives that visibility and representation to other young people who don't see that because unfortunately we know it's, it's very saturated with a very white lens of, mm. you know, this... <laughs> this experience white middle class yeah absolutely Mm. it's and you know it's very that and i think it's so important to sort of you know to drill that in sometimes i think you know it um some people might get a little bit tired of like hearing that it's sort of like you know this like um coming off like the white gaze but i think it is true to sort of take a step back and just think about that a fact that you know we have seen so many um, iterations of that experience mm. but you know how cool would it be if you could see what it was like or you know there was a tv show that spoke about that experience of an intersection so i guess i'm just thinking like remembering back to when we were teenagers yeah super challenging time obviously. a couple of short years ago <laughs> for some for some <laughs> yeah how old are you mr murdoch if you don't mind me asking are you gonna come, is it rude to ask a lady 29 Oh, you're my age. Ah, oh, that's fine. Yeah. Now I don't feel so old. Oh, don't grin. Mitch's <laughs> face just beamed up. Um, no, so I'm my youth, if nothing else. <laughs> sort of. Hang on to it. Yeah. <laughs> Dear life. It fades quickly, Duff. Uh No, I'm just thinking back. Like, obviously, as a teenager, things are already challenging. As is. For... Oh, you've got weird hairs growing. You've got, I hate my mum. Got yeah. homework every day after school. There's... Puberty itself is a challenging time for any child, yeah. no matter what their sexuality is. But I guess on the flip to that, teenage people who also might be questioning their sexuality are battling something totally different. And the impact that it has at such a crucial development age is huge and can be huge if not you know, exposed to the right support. So I guess... You know, what do you guys see in that age bracket of 12 to 19 come through the most? Like, what sort of concerns do these teenagers have? For sure. That, uh, the Queer Ideas Festival I spoke about in, um, that we held in Melbourne, a big outcome from that was just having a space to speak to queer young people and all the different various experiences to understand exactly that, right? Mm -hmm. Rather than assuming, you know, and I think Mm. there's the big problem that, a lot of people just assume they're like, well, you know what's wrong. It's just like, it's this, you know, it's very one dimensional and it's probably been informed by likely, you know, people with that real, um, uh, you know, that the same lived experience. So, yeah. you know, like, unfortunately it probably comes from a, a white gay lens. Yeah. Which I would say straight off the bat would be things like I'm gay or I'm starting to look at, you know, noticing boys or girls when I'm, know that that's not what I should be noticing and now I'm not sure what to do with it. Like, you know, that mm. obvious, like... I'm sure mum and dad will be fine with it, but I'm scared anyway. And... Which is, I guess, a coming out journey mm. that they're battling there. Yeah. But I guess, again, like you said, that could potentially be very white lens. So what do you guys see? Well, yeah, like, and, you know, even just, like, beyond that, it's just the, um, you know, I think there's a lot of, like, white gays in the 80s, 90s, like, naughties who have now sort of, like, work and say, government. And, like, you know, where we see, like, 
LGBTQIA plus representation in government is from that lens, which is fantastic that, you know, it's it's there, but it's sort of like it doesn't speak to what maybe a lot of the queer young people we see now, you know, especially mm-hmm. if they're trans, um, mm-hmm. especially if they're intersectional. So, yeah, at this Queer Ideas um, Festival, we consulted and we asked them. We did, like, writing workshops, like personal narratives. We did Q&A. Um, Vice was there and did, like, a sort of, like, a Vox box where you could go and you, you like, you were recorded and, like, um, answered questions. Great. All of these different ways to mix it up so mm. that, you know, you weren't stuck to, like, a written component. If that wasn't you, you could speak about it, hang out. It was fun. Yeah. We had a party at the end of it as well because, of course. Um, but through, through doing that, we learn exactly, you know, what are those issues. And for them, it was very clear that it's, as you say, coming out mm-hmm. is still a huge barrier for everyone because it's, yeah. it's so hard, mm-hmm. um, you know, in terms of school and, like, you know, the experiences that young people have um, in how they feel supported. Mm-hmm. Uh, 81% of the, the um, LGBTQIA young people that we ask feel that their school doesn't do enough and that they mm. don't um, intervene when there is that bullying against LGBTQA plus young people. You know, they just sort of like do more, yeah. stand up. Like you can't just sort of stand idly. I really connect with that. Like my yeah. school, homophobia, transphobia, run amok. And I think teachers just didn't even know how to kind of intervene. No. You know, or even just sort of like, um, I don't know if offset's the right word, but, you know, be visible and putting up a rainbow flag, you know, yeah. one day of the year or something like that. Mm. Yeah, just give us one day. One day. What was your school like, other age? Um, very much the same. And I guess, like, you know, like, they're, I'm definitely not a fighter. Um, lover, not a fighter. But there were a couple Cryer. of times. Yeah. <laughs> no, I remember once I got into a fight with this guy because... He was being really mean to this girl and I like stood up for her, classic. And <laughs> I, we then ended up getting to like a bit of a physical like alteration, which was like, obviously not me. Alteration? Altercation. Yep. Yep. And long story short, he came like found me after school and like, we got into like a real like physical fight while I was waiting for my mum to pick me up. Fuck. Bitch was late on the wrong day. Anyway. <laughs> <laughs> and... God. The next day, I remember, like, having to go because it got reported to the teachers. I had to go and, like, sit in the room. And it was, like, it was very clear that I had been picked on. And, like, a lot of, like, obviously what was being said to me was, like, you know, fucking faggot this and this and that. And, like, very, like, derogatory homophobic slang, mm-hmm. which was is common in the schoolyard, I guess. And there was no acknowledgement from the teachers that that's side of the problem was happening it was just like and we were both punished like kind of equally yeah um because it was kind of like well you're both boys and you both got into a fight but it's yeah. like it's very clear that there was something else going on bit of an imbalance of power on this one mm. but Thanks. i guess like you said you know i can definitely now looking back as an adult be like well this poor teacher was probably like treat them equally maybe they, you know like mm. maybe don't speak mm. about it, don't make because i guess at the time like i wasn't out mm. so it's almost like well you're not going to be like you're teasing adrian because he likes boys and yeah. that's not okay i'd be like i don't fucking like boys me yeah yeah me yeah <laughs> it's hard and I, I empathize so much for teachers in the sense of like how do you find that balance you don't want to assume mm. but then you want to be supportive but i think there was definitely like you know plenty of missed opportunities there that even if it wasn't the case that it's sort of like hey you know like this was like instigated or this was said, the lack of acknowledging it is just as damaging, I think, as... 100% or even like maybe if you wasn't acknowledged with me, a conversation around that homophobic behaviour being not acceptable yeah. could it's have been not had... tolerated. Correct, yeah. could have been had with the other kid, you know, yeah. like... Or like it could be, you know, it doesn't have to um, frame you as being... you. Know, 
like being queer, being gay, if you said to them, like, you know, collectively that it's sort of like, we don't tolerate any of this language. Yeah. It's, you know, yeah. it's... Exactly. I tried to start a GSA at my high school. Please explain. Work. Just flying the flag from an early age. Am I going to be shunned for not knowing what a GSA is? A gay-straight alliance. <laughs> yeah, obviously. Which shunned. is so... I, I wasn't familiar with that term. I've heard of, like, you know, pride groups, and it's only... They're quite popular like quite prominent like it's a gsa Mm -hmm. the a gsa to me it sounds just so strategic because you know like the gay straight alliance it's Mm. like to me i just envision like the gay boys and then like a bunch of femmes you know like you know let's let's work together yeah like the cheerleaders marvel and and what's the other one marvel and dc you know collab okay that's why i'm picturing it yeah, um, good, good Marvel throw. I reckon, I reckon that I must have um, just seen it on TV or something. A GSA. <laughs> and I yeah. thought, I'll do that. Yeah. I love a project. Yeah. So yeah. I, I got myself on the wellbeing committee and I pitched it. Nice. Um, with another gay. Yeah. I brought him along for the ride with me. Um, you and had I, a gay and gay alliance. Yes. <laughs> I was like, the two of us came skipping in. <laughs> the two of us want to start a GSA and there's nothing you can do about it. And they're like, no, you're not allowed to do that. Oh, really? It was completely shut down. Interesting. Mm. Yeah. But um, I told my favourite, obviously, English, English teacher. teacher. Yeah. yeah. She was yeah. a lesbian. Yeah. Um, and she started it the year after in my honour. Oh, that's lovely. Yeah. It's that's, a be- that's really lovely. Can we just <laughs> unpack the English teacher thing? Because it's a thing, right? It like, is a thing. I fucking... I have, like, little warm fuzzies when I think about my English mm. teacher. Same. Why is that? I think that they're a sensitive breed, as we are. Mm. And, um, like, the, the stereotype around, like, you know, we are good at English and writing and, like, straight boys are good at maths. I reckon in terms is of... That, I mean, I, is there a link there? I, I I think it might be the context of those classrooms, that it's, like, English is just where you actually talk about real shit. Like, mm. you know, it's maths and science. It's not talking about, like, a novel where there's, like, a gay character and you kind of sense, like, yeah. ally mm, or, like, yeah. you know, she on my team yeah. or whatever it might be that I think it you you learn more about them because mm. there's more, like, it, there's more context. So it's, like, yeah. books, movies, whatever it is. I think that space just sort of, like, opens it up a little bit. I guess you're talking more about, like, emotions and... Well, like, mine actually... My year 12 English teacher actually, like, walked into class on the first day and said, just so everyone knows, I'm a big les. We're going to be... <laughs> love her words, not mine. Yeah. We're going to be talking about that all year. So... Perfect. Strap in. Handle that. Strap in. And me, I was like, oh my God, I'd just come out. I was like, literally looking at this big les. Just yeah. my hero. My newest <laughs> hero. Um, so that's where it came from for me, I think. Was your, um, out of curiosity, your wellbeing group, was it a mix of year levels? Like people in that group? Um, the well-being one that I then tried to piggyback the GSA off yeah. of. It was just a year 12 committee. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I, the GSA would have been obviously all ages welcome, but yeah, yeah we were just sitting as I the think oldest. Just, just thinking of even, you know, that I find it so like brave to, you know, not only like own, like, and, and find that, like, identity and be like, you know, this is who I am. And, you know, not only that, I'm going to do more. Mm. And I'm going to, you know, I'm going to take this. You know, I think even if you're not from the LGBTQA plus community, I think so many people would be like, God, that bitch is fearless, right? Like, mm. you know, to go in there and be like, 
I I want this and I'll do it and mm-hmm. you know I'll I'll wear it like I'll lead this and kind of invite that I think is like the opposite of like how so many of us would have like you know I think we steer so far away from anything that might hint yeah that I think yeah I think a lot of people would be like it's very it? reflective of Mitch's journey I guess like we have discussed this yeah. talk about me yeah you're enjoying <laughs> great. this yeah, yeah. Like, you know, our journeys, which we have shared in previous episodes before, mine was very um, behind closed doors and hidden. And Mitch's was sort of like, well, I can't hide it, so I'm going to own it. And anyone who doesn't fall behind me can just basically go fuck themselves, even though it's hard. And even though there's challenges within that, like, Mm -hmm. you know, they both obviously have their own different. But yeah, I think that's very... What a bad bitch. Thank you. I think I was just conscious in that moment of I'm now through that. Mm -hmm. And there's going to be a whole nother group in every year level that isn't mm-hmm. so let's just create this this little family of great little gays <laughs> yeah. a little gay army um and then when they did make it the year after I, I finished school two trans people came forward and joined the group which nobody knew they were trans and yeah. they both said oh we were going to move schools before yeah. this group was started so it was you know even though I didn't quite get it Bit off of the a ground. a legacy doll. Yeah. yeah. I don't know if it's still running. Good for but... you. But I think, you know, the the lesson in that is that, you know, we can all be a bad bitch. You know, it doesn't, it doesn't have to be school and that, like, you know, that time might be, you know, in your in your 30s or when you're 29 mm. or like that, you know, <laughs> where you sort of, you know, you sort of sit with yourself and there is that moment where you might say, I'm working somewhere um, and, you know, it's just like a corporate, it's like a bank or something and you're like, we should do a rainbow day. Mm-hmm. I'm going to make it happen because I'm the, you know, there's 200 people here. I'm the only one that's out, you know, statistically, we know that ain't it. There's yeah. like, there's, there's, you know, yeah. 20 of you at least in here. Um, but like, you know. <laughs> Point yourselves out yeah. right now, please. Like, Single. Already, done the math. <laughs> yeah. But like, I think, you know, taking that ownership, you know, you can learn from Mitch and, and sort of like find that moment mm. because it's sort of like, if you can be that person, there are like so many people who are going to be 30, 40, 50, mm. who aren't out, might not choose to come out at work, but see you do that and be like, oh. Absolutely. Like, and it's a confidence thing, right? It's, it's, an, it's something that you get from doing the work on yourself and your journey along the way to get to that point where you're like, yes, this might feel a little bit like out of the box or fish out of water, but I still want to do it. And yeah. pushing through that barrier yeah. to be the bad bitch, like you said. Be- yeah. And, you know, and or then, a bad Mitch. Well, that's it. A mad Mitch. <laughs> He's definitely a bad Mitch. <laughs> I'm blushing. <laughs> but it, I was going to say, I think in, in, in this as well, it's the, the biggest secret is that, like, you know, like allies, like please like step forward as well right that it's like there's no reason that you can't do this work as well Mm -hmm. when you know you've you've paved the way and or like you someone queer stands up and says hey like you know i want to kind of like run the bat on you of Mm -hmm. course absolutely sit the fuck down but you know if it's not there and it's not presence and you know you might know that there's like people or you just like know that it's the right thing to do be like hey we should have a stance or like have these conversations it might not be like a pride group but it's sort of like hey we should have a culture, you know, culture captain or group who sort of speaks about the way that our work navigates LGBTQ plus identity because we never talk about it and that's mm-hmm. weird. Or like the way that we talk about the First Nations community because it's important to our values personally and we're not blending that, but maybe we should because yeah. you know, maybe 
then it wouldn't be like 98 white people working here. Mm -hmm. But it's just like, you know, you can take that initiative and show that Mm -hmm. and, you know, hopefully other people can kind of like step into that if they want that. Mm -hmm. They might not, but... Well, you've seen, like, obviously we've spoken about rainbow washing on this show before, Mm. but I guess, like, that's something that just came to mind then. I've been on the job hunt in the last 12 months, like, you know, on and off, and something that I noticed that, and I've also worked in HR for many years, and I know that, like, when posting a job ad, for example, now, it is 100% common practice that at the bottom, Mm. every business will give this sort of blurb that's like, Equal opportunity employer. Equal opportunity, just mm. letting you know, blah, blah, blah. And it's kind of like that little disclaimer or just like that little tick the box to let you know that like we welcome everyone. But like you said, what's actually happening internally in that business that actually reflects that? Because I'm sure you can hire these people, but what are you doing to support them or what are you doing to let them know that they're also included and seen as equal and there's a space for them as well, no matter yeah. the business? Absolutely. Like, I, you know, it's so, it's so risky if you haven't built the infrastructure that aligns to it. Like, you know, I think some workplaces who would slap it on there because that's like, oh, that's what we do, but it doesn't align with like your policies and values on Mm. the inside. Mm. Those people are going to come and then they're going to leave because they're like, I don't feel supported here. Or like, you know, this, this isn't, you know, sure. You might want to hire me because now, you know, on the website, when you look at the team. Diversity hire, Great. Happy to be here. Yeah. I've used it in a job application before. What, that you're gay? Yeah, floated it just subtly in there, like... To get the job? Hire me. No. <laughs> <laughs> Must have been something else. Yeah. <laughs> it's, you know, it's, it's, it's great to have those, that diverse experience in there, but if, you know, you're not doing the, the work to balance it, it's mm. just, you know, it's, it's not going to be great. And that person you know, sure as fuck is going to go tell, you know, all their other queer friends or, you know, other, or their other black friends and say, Hey, like I went and worked there. It's awful. It's fucked. Don't work there. And you're going to make the problem worse. Absolutely. So obviously, you know, these groups like your GSA or your other things that I can't, (laughs) (laughs) et cetera, et cetera. Yeah. Yeah. And the such, um, exist to, you know, support things like Wear Purple Day, which I know is one of your events. It's come up a couple of times. Yeah. Can you tell us a little bit, I guess, how that started and what that's about? Yeah, absolutely. Wear at Purple Day started after the unfortunate completed suicide of a queer young person, Tyler Clemency. And I think it's such an important day because it puts LGBTQ plus young people front and centre. And we have to acknowledge that, you know, so many of these young people are experiencing suicidal ideation and depression and anxiety. Um, Some stats that have come out of um, Writing Themselves in Four, which is the biggest survey all across Australia with queer young people Mm -hmm. aged 12 to 25, is that 77% of these young people experienced discrimination in the last um, 12 months. And for the trans and gender diverse um, community, that's even higher. Mm -hmm. So I think when we look at that at schools, it's amplified. So Mm -hmm. we're at Purple Day is like, right, we need to get into that school environment. We need to be visible. You know, we need to show support. We need to talk about this and acknowledge it. Um, even like the um, community who's like 18 to 25, there's another really cool report called Private Lives 3. Same thing all across Australia with the queer community. And 57% of um, those respondents had experienced high, very high um, psychological distress in the last four weeks. Mm. You know, that's so disproportionately higher than the general population. It's crazy. Yeah. yeah, and it's just like, how do we 
um, how do we address this? Well, we talk about it. And yeah. so we're at Purple Day is a day to talk about it. You know, for um, Minus 18, uh, we're looking this year in terms of coming out and, you know, how we can provide resources to schools all across Australia that focus on that because it's a conversation that, you know, is um, glazed over, unfortunately, mm. in a lot of schools. So, you know, we've given them, like, free posters, free conversation cards, you know, free little stickers that they can put around so it's sort of... Um, we can equip teachers. Yeah, we can do that for free, so teachers don't have to pay for that out of their own pocket. Um, and I think you know the way that we can support the people who are supporting young people, you know, can be far more impactful than mm. you know, some of the events that we do because we can bring five hundred young people into an event, and it's amazing, and it's really you know it can be really life changing. But if we can connect with a thousand teachers who are teaching, you know. 30 young yeah. people in a classroom that reaches so much more well it's a lot more impactful really when you've got like it's coming from a teacher potentially like we you know we just spoke about the english teacher like teachers have a big play a big part in our lives over mm. the years especially in those you know younger ages and i think coming out definitely is usually the first hurdle that yeah. we all kind of face the first mm. mountain and it's you know the the challenges don't disappear after that they sort of come in waves i would say but it's the typically the biggest and the hardest at the time. Mm. And being visible for us is like, you know, I, again, like I spoke about your my school experience and, and how that visibility would have just made it not feel like such a, a big taboo. So yeah. I think from that, we're like, all right, you know, if only every school would like raise the, the rainbow flag, right? You know, on this like one day of the year, Imagine. it would be beautiful. <laughs> so get it up the flagpole, the flag monitors. <laughs> Hoisting it up for you, God, be gorgeous. You know, it's 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 so it's such a big signal, and so something that we do for um, our campaigns now is like part of those free school pride packs. You know, now they're like free flag raising ceremony packs, which Mm. is we will give you the rainbow flag. Basically, we're trying to remove all of those barriers and be like, here you go, here it is. All of these other schools, yeah, pull the damn rope, just do it, yeah, Yeah. and people respond to it because you know these are schools that have done the workshops with us before. They've had people come in and do that training. Mm. They feel like they can navigate those conversations, so now they're looking at that next step, Mm -hmm. and it blows my mind because you know if you know we send out two hundred and fifty of these like free school pride packs, and you know if every school in Australia has like you know on average like four hundred young people, it's like straight up just on this one day, it's a hundred thousand young people every corner of australia who sort of see that yeah for whatever it is it could be to that queer young person that moment that ripple of like hey maybe it's okay but it could also be to all the allies or just like people who haven't had any interaction and might be out from community say this is normalized this is cool like this is you know this is what we're doing yeah Um, i was just thinking like as a school i'm sure that you know let's just say you've got a principal and, and a, you know, a board or whoever that are like for it and they want to make the change. I guess they have so many parents mm. to answer to. I'm just thinking it's like, yeah. what's the challenge here? Like why aren't schools doing it? And it's like, you know, not that they should obviously, you know, that I think the stance should be like, this is how we do things here. And this is the culture of this school and they should run with it. But I guess, you know, having to please however many parents there are that make up a school Absolutely. Like, there is not going to, there's a guarantee there is a hundred percent going to be some Karen out there who's going to, mm. you know, have something to say about it. Like, yeah. you know, I don't want my kid being exposed to that or I don't want, you know, like it happens with 
so many other topics like there's it's bound to happen with it's, this it's something like i think we learn from you know going back all that way to sort of how we're saying that there's queer young people who are intersectional like there's two lived experiences that i think it's in that kind of understanding as well right that like the schools who do it are like in you know in the context of melbourne you know we've got some municipals which are like very queer friendly so like mm. um city of darabin which is like north kit very queer you've mm. got um city of stunning sin city of port phillip so that's where like paran and chapel street Ayo. is the south side gay <laughs> triangle yeah yep. um bermuda but yep. those schools <laughs> get lost in there <laughs> those schools will do it and gravitate to it because in those areas it's more progressive yeah. um, and more accepting because of a mix of reasons but you know there's some communities like you know I go back to my example of Werribee where you know it might be that principle is on a a knife's edge because 50% are for it 50% are against it mm. but they have to understand that it's sort of like they're 50% against it there are those Karens but there are also people who are like their religion you know, they yes. don't believe it. Yep. Or like, you know, they've never grown up around it. And yep. it's sort of like, they're like, you know, why? Yeah. And so it's just like, intersectionality is a great way to sort of start to understand that then. That it's sort of like, people aren't just saying always no, because, you know, they are being homophobic for the sake of like ripping you down. But yeah. it's, you have That's to right. kind of put it on balance. Mm. But I think if we look at some milestones in terms of the plebiscite and marriage equality that we saw like, you know, Australia's sort of, um, I guess, the the general population and what their values are, it was a pretty good measure to say that, like, hey, look, you know, 62% mm. are for this. And, mm. you know, that's a very one lens. It's on gay and lesbian marriage. Mm. You know, then we look at um, trans inclusion and the shift in government in terms of, like, birth certificate reform for trans, um, the trans community, that it's just, like, there's steps. What's the status of that at the moment? So in Victoria, it got passed. So the, okay. it was oh. the birth, death, and certif- um, birth, deaths, and marriages um, legislation, which allowed changes for that. Still, a bit of a complicated process, but it's there. Okay, but that's like great. it changes every state and territory, and I, I guess it plays into when I was comparing suburbs. It's like that with state to state as well. That it's mm-hmm. like, you know, Victoria is very progressive. We love Danny Andrews. We love Labor. Um, <laughs> for for that, you know, yeah. they 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 are like they show up and they're allies. You know, they funded the Pride Center. Um, but you know, comparatively, I won't name names, but there are other states where it's it's completely different. Yeah, okay. In Victoria, we have safe schools, which is LGBTQA plus education that's mandatory across every school that that's available. Some school, you know, that's that, lovely. It's great. Yeah, mm. didn't know about that. I mean, it was that. a federal thing though that that was started and then implemented that was going to be um, taught all across Australia. Um, but to your point of, like, those parents, there was feedback. It was, like, too nuanced. It had these, like, concepts that people were like, what? Like, mm. talking about trans identities to year sevens, you're going to confuse them. You're going to, like, indoctrinate them. Yeah. And it, it blew up. And it, you know, turned into being, like, a state-by-state thing. So, so many states were like, we don't want it mm-hmm. because this. Some changed it up and reformed it. Victoria kept it. Um, it's it's just hard to kind of like there are so many levels of um, there's so many barriers yeah mm. wow well look I guess along this chat we have covered various terminology yes well there is let's be honest a lot of terms and I will also sit here and hand on heart say that there are sometimes things that come along that I'm not even fully across or aware of do you know what intersectionality is I, no. I'm about to learn. <laughs> no, I understand that word. <laughs> um, but I guess for a lot of our listeners out there, like we said, 
yes, some are from the queer community, but also some are not. So I would love if we could, we've got the Mr. Murdoch, the educator in the house. I'd love to sort of explain some of the terminology that is used in today's society. Yeah. Um, especially like the, the main one, I guess, which has gotten longer, LGBTQA+. Mm-hmm. Let's strip it back, pretend, you know, our listeners don't know anything. Mm-hmm. What exactly does that stand for? Because we reference it a lot. For sure. And of course it, it changes, right? You see some It's people, a moving beast. Yeah. Some will use LGBT, some will use LGBTIQ. Um, so What's L- the correct term? It, it's, I don't think it's fair to say there's a, a correct term. Mm. I think, so LGBTQA plus is sort of like, kind of like maybe like the fullest, okay. you know, the, the seven. I think, you know, on a, some governments would use LGBTIQ. Um, broken down, lesbian, gay, bisexual, trans, um, queer, intersex, asexual, aromantic. So asexual, aromantic, those who might have like um, those might only have like romantic feelings rather than like a sexual attraction or like variations in that space. Mm-hmm. Okay. So I guess when you look at those letters, I think what it's important and how I look at it as a queer person is like who that organization might represent or like what could be accessed through that. So say for instance, mm-hmm. if the A wasn't in a queer organization, maybe they don't have a lot of resources or expertise around asexual or aromantic identities or like those people don't engage in that space. Mm -hmm. If it's like LGBTQ, maybe they're not um, well nuanced or understanding of the intersex community. And Mm -hmm. so for that, they're like, we're not going to put there because, you know, an intersex person might engage with us and we don't have the the capacity and that's like not inclusive. Mm -hmm. I'm going to stop you there. Intersex. Yeah. Please define. So intersex is is a term that encompasses like gender, um, genital variations and gender um, variations, which is about, I think okay. this stat is like 1.9% of the, the population. It's as common as like redheads. It's red quite heads. a high number really, isn't yeah. it? Yeah. Yeah. Can you please explain that in more layman's terms for someone like myself? So... <laughs> Mitch, translate what Mr. Murdoch just said. There's please. a traditional binary of genitals. Yep. Intersex is basically anyone who doesn't fit in that binary. Okay, got it. It's more of a physical yep. thing yep. a lot of the time. Great, thank For you. For instance, like, yeah, like your, like your, sex, your sex organs, reproductive organs, you know, variations like born at birth. Yep. Um, I think one big thing to spotlight in terms of like the intersex community is sort of the, the practice that, you know, in childbirth where there are those like variations, a lot of the time there will be like surgical operations to change uh-huh. that to Mitch's point of to fit a binary that yeah. they're like, this doesn't look how we you know are used to seeing it fit, um, seeing it. So we're going to do this operation on this like baby to sort of like shift it this way. And you know, that I think to the intersex community is a you know, very violent, very intrusive. And also mm. like in the way of like, who's to say. Is that a decision made by the parent at the time? I think it's infor- like informed by, by like medical into, into so the like parents. So it's like a medical, I, like, yeah. 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 Okay. Wow. What if you just make the wrong choice in that moment based on how someone will identify yeah, so like are you defined, later are you, in life? Yeah. It's sort of That's like... That's the discussion, that it's saying that it can be this monumental moment where that decision, you know, is, you know, between like sex and, and gender, it's sort of like to say that um, we we think this person is, is cis male, but mm-hmm. you know, that might not align to the way that they identify when they grow up. It's very, um, you know, I think they're like, 
on on balance of of identity a lot of the intersex community a lot of um, what i've read and seen and heard it's sort of to say that it's sort of like it's kind of misconstrued what their yeah. journey ended up being yeah mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. another one that you just touched on there which i know a few of our listeners might not understand cis male. Yeah, so so cisgender is like you identify with the um, the, the gender you were assigned at birth. So say for yep. instance you were a male, um, and you identify as being a male. I did know that one. Tick for me. <laughs> Great. Another one that has popped up for me, which I would like to clarify on air for <laughs> anyone who's unsure, because I do have um, a big uh, straight friendship group I guess Mm -hmm. and community in my life Um, and the conversation around transgender and binary and Mm non-binary definitions definitely has popped up before and I found myself sort of having to try and break it down Mm -hmm. for them because they don't understand or they've never even been exposed to it before so yeah can we just kind of scale it back for anyone out there who's listening who I know we've left it to the end of the show to clarify all these terms but Hopefully, you know, you can get something Hung out on of it. it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Someone who is transgender. Yeah. Is. So, so in terms of trans, you don't identify with, you know, you're not cisgender. You don't identify with the sex assigned at yeah. birth. Yeah. Cool. And then I guess a non-binary person. Yeah. So I think to think of it binary in terms of, you know, the sense of uh, heteronormativity, Oh, so. here he is. <laughs> Spell that one. Heteronormativity in and you know the the fact that you know we look at male and female binary, yep. right? That yep. there's these two genders. So mm-hmm. non-binary is that rejection of that. That it's to say that like I don't identify as a cis woman or a cis uh, male. That I I look at those two and you know for me I exist you know maybe somewhere in between. That mm-hmm. it's like non-binary. I'm I'm neither of these. I'm I'm in that space and. I think it's always worth considering that it's like non-binary doesn't have to mean it's this person who is, um, you know, uh, looks like they're kind of like a combination of the, the, the these two traditional genders. Androgynous can, kind of vibes. Yeah, androgyny, yeah. right, I think is where a lot of people would go to, but it's sort of like you can sit anywhere in that spectrum and it can change. That it's mm-hmm. sort of like you don't look at these and you're like, yep, that's that's me. Um, so it's you might sit on one end feeling more masculine. Mm-hmm. You know, the next week you might feel more more feminine. And so I think, yeah, to kind of like understand that I think helps to sort of like break up why they reject, I guess, you male and female because it's sort of two very different polar opposites and there's so much space in between. Mm, mm, totally. And I think... And correct me, because this is a question that I've been asked before, which I would like you to sort of clarify for us now, is you can be, obviously, we've just discussed their gender Mm -hmm. um, definitions that Mm -hmm. we've sort of just unpacked, but they're not necessarily that person's sexuality, correct? Correct, yeah. They're separate. And I think that's something that a lot of people struggle to sort of get their head around, that the gender side of things and the sexuality side of things are actually quite separate absolutely yeah i think you like gender identity there's you know the terms of you know being cisgender being trans Mm non-binary in sexuality you're talking terms there of like being gay lesbian pansexual bisexual aromantic two different Mm. you know you can be a combination of those things so you might be someone who identifies as like a trans non-binary asexual yeah you know 
that's yeah. they sound like a hoot. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Yeah, I think that was something that I have found in my time, like especially now that um, gender identity is something that's spoken about a lot more, mm. that there's this like confusion with some people about, oh, but they're gay. Yeah. And it's like it's got nothing to do with it like, at all, actually. Like they could be, like you said, gay, but also identifying as transgender. Or, yeah. You know. I think, you know, in a, not to be too pointed on the, the straights, but if you consider... Oh, please go for it. <laughs> I'm sharpening my... Cut him up, yeah. <laughs> I think, you know, that whenever you might think like, you know what, there's just like so many terminologies and like I'm overwhelmed mm-hmm. and like, you know, to that point that it's sort of like, you know, to me, I'd, I'd think be compassionate, right? Of like the, the myriad of people that you have in your life and you, you're going to interact with these and how... Um, how much better of a you know friend or family member you're going to be if you have it. But also, like, if you ever feel like there's just, like, too many, it's just, like, you know, if you're on the straight side, maybe think of, like, how many, like, you know, of the, like, I don't know, there's, like, 18 or 20 AFL teams these days. Why was I just thinking of the same example? Yeah, like, just, do not tell me you can't remember 600 professional AFL players' yeah, names. They'd be, like, <laughs> they'd be, like, oh, like, Donahue, number 32 from the Ruse. And it's yeah. just, like, you know, they'll be, like, yeah, he's, like, you know, he's six foot one. And, like, he's, yeah. like... He's, he's kicked, like, 61, like, Freight arms. Like, yeah. They care about it, right? Yeah. And like, then it's, you know, they, it's because they surround themselves and they see it, but it's sort of like, you know, on that scale, you can know, you know, as you say, like, 600 football players in such, like, homoerotic detail, even, as you say, the good uh, arms, the good legs. The only thing about the football I fucking like. Those little shorts. That drinking. Correct. <laughs> but... And, you know, and then if, I guess, you know, even to the LGBTQA plus community, I know there's, like, a lot of people who might be like, there's so many, like, terms, like, you know, I, it's like, I don't have any friends who are X, Y, Z. To you, I say, like, of, like, the 18 seasons of Drag Race that there has been, the fact that, you know, those, like, 300 and 400 drag queens, Mm. I know you do, that it's like, and you remember, (laughs) like, the lip syncs that they did, that it's just like, I reckon, you know, like, I terms you know with an lgbtqa plus or like that extra bit of like work i think you've got it you still got the mental capacity i believe in you yeah you know just like you know take it into context Mm. i guess more largely as we said there's a lot of vernacular terminology being thrown around at all times Mm -hmm. um and i think a lot of people just think too hard Mm. like i don't need to know it there's too much it's too hard i'm not maybe part of the community or um, I don't know these people who are using these terms, so why does it matter to me? Mm-hmm. And I just wanted to give you an opportunity to just potentially rebut that. <laughs> <laughs> on behalf of... Yeah, on behalf of all of us. On yeah. the community. For sure. No small, small ass. I think my, <laughs> my, my rebuttal would be just in the sense of, you know, that time and that opportunity might have been like posed with like a term that you haven't heard before and you're sort of like i don't know what that is say pronouns i mm-hmm. think there's i see resistance um to sort of like understand what that is and i think you know you should consider the fact that you know you might have a cousin or a child or a friend who one day where that like that counts and that yeah. matters and do you want to be the friend that you know they don't talk to because you know their child is non-binary or trans and they know that like pronouns you won't even bother with yeah 
they're not going to talk to you about it and you'll be shut out from that part of their life and you know you might be a loving and caring person but it's just like if you don't put in the work and you don't sort of show that like willingness to sort of you know be warm and, mm. and understand you know from their perspective you know, what are they supposed to take from it yeah they're not going to like rub you out rub you out <laughs> hopefully not they're not going to they're not going to cut you <laughs> out of their life um i think i said it yeah, yeah. i think so cool so to wrap just on a nice note mm-hmm. <laughs> I just wanted to ask you what your favourite thing about being gay is. Or being a queer person, I should say. Good question. I would say that, you know, there's just so many vibrant communities within the broader LGBTQA+. You know, I've seen so many different events and spaces that celebrate, you know, different identities in different ways. Um, You know, I've seen queer parties like unicorns which should really elevate like trans and femme and non-binary and queer people with like disabilities in a space and seeing how they feel so empowered there in the same way that like you know traditionally like gay venue might and just seeing how last weekend I went to this like event called Climbing Cuties and you know there it was a, a place for like rock climbers to, to come together I don't know if they're called rock climbers mountaineers <laughs> Don't they would use the wrong theme. term. Yeah, <laughs> speaking terminology, I will do my research. Yeah, please. Here I am on my high horse. I was going to say. Um, but, you know, the fact that even in that space, that it's sort of like it just turned into this, like, you know, there was like a DJ. I was there with a friend doing glitter and, like, there was, like, rainbow cupcakes. It was just, like, nothing hits better when it yeah. sort of just comes together like that and yeah. seeing how, you know, it was this coming together of, like, finding your people. And I mm-hmm. think, you know, that... Is such a big theme of like mental health, well-being, minus 18, finding your people. Yeah. Like queer young people finding their, their their place at an event or online and yeah. on Facebook. And I think seeing so many different spaces where that moment clicks and people are just sort of like, ah, oh, there Absolutely. are people like me. Yeah, you're you're you've definitely hit the nail on the head and we've spoken about it on this show before. It's like, you know, back in the day if someone had asked me you know, to take, if I could have taken like a magic pill to not be gay, mm. there was probably a time where I would have taken that. But now I wouldn't change it for the world. And it's like that moment where you learn to love it so much and love the feeling that you get of being part of something. Mm. And you, like you said, being like, you know, and we've spoken about it. I'm like various episodes where like, you know, the first time you go to a gay nightclub or the first time like you do anything that's like makes you feel part of it included Mm. because there was probably a time in your life where you felt excluded yeah it's like the counter to that feeling you know and it's so it makes it all worth it (laughs) hands up if you love being gay (laughs) our hands are up our hands are up our hands up well adrian thank you so much for today that's obviously all we've got time for we've absolutely milked every last second that we've had with you so thank (laughs) you every last drop every last i'm empty yeah (laughs) we'll let you off the hook now put the iv droop in um but thank you so much for joining us we really appreciate it yeah if people are looking for minus 18 where can we go to look yeah easy we're at minus 18 youth generally on most social platforms so that's minus the word one eight the number and then youth um so instagram facebook linkedin twitter but of course also online so minus18.org.au great Amazing. And if you're wanting to find us, we are at da, 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 at message on the machine on mm. Instagram. Yeah. We post a bit of stuff there during the week. Well, we try to anyway. Mm. I do yeah. when I'm 
juggling all the other balls mm-hmm. while Mitch is out and sipping pina coladas. <laughs> and also Getting juggling the balls. <laughs> yeah, also juggling balls. Yeah. And also, um, if you enjoyed this episode or thought it would be beneficial to anyone, please share it um, within your community or pop it on your Insta story. That would be amazing because that is how we grow and it might actually help someone out there because there's been definitely a bit of good information in here today. Mm. And then obviously, whatever platform you're on, make sure that you give us a like, follow, subscribe, whatever options you have. um, And we'll see you next week. That's right. Good luck out there, guys. Yeah, we'll see you at the next one. 